Welcome to the podcast. What a show today. Very, we had some, we had a surprise guest today calling out of nowhere, the one, the only Mark Levin, author of the number one book in America for 2021 without any press uh, help. Nothing, no, no today show interviews for Mark Levin. It still had the number one book in America. We'll talk to him. Uh, kind of on a surprise whim today, but uh, it was a fun conversation with Mark and Glenn. Bill O'Reilly joins us as well. He's on the program. Michael Malice is on the program as well. Ben Weingarten has a uh, new study out comparing January 6th to summer 2020 and the George Floyd riots. What were the scale of these two events? That is amazing as well. It's all coming up on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars in case you were wondering. Uh, Also, click on over to Stu Does America, that podcast available every day right here on this platform. Please rate and review that one as well. And subscribe. Check it out. It's more good content for you. We give you the content. We try to make you happy. We do what we can every single day. Check about uh, Stu Does America and the Glenn Beck program. Glenn uh, is is going to, you'll notice he's, his voice is a little scratchy today. He does have COVID. Uh, he's recovering at home and doing well. Um, uh, he is on the show today, but his voice is a little scratchy. He won't be doing his normal Friday show on Blaze TV, but you can get that usually every Friday. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. Here's the podcast. Mark Levin calling in. Hello, Mark. Is this Glenn Beck? Is this Mark Levin? Glenn, I just wanted to say, I just felt compelled to call you and tell you, you are the number one person in radio when it comes to wardrobes. I want to tell you something. (laughs) This this wardrobe you're wearing today is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm a sharp dresser, am I? Uh, I, I love you're your obviously, Israeli. Yeah, you're obviously watching the show this morning. Yeah. Because uh, I'm wearing a I'm, Mark I'm, Levin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm especially watching your left part of your breast there. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, 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 my eyes are up here, buddy. My eyes are up yeah, here. Mark. How are you, Mark? Right. Where they belong. I'm good. How are you, buddy? Uh, you know, Frustrated. But yeah, you know that <laughs> you know I that very people, well. I'm doing great, but the country's going to hell, so that's a problem. I know, uh, I know. Yeah, good to talk to June you. June sixth, thank you. Well, you know, June sixth is very, very important. Uh, January, rather, excuse me. Uh, January sixth yeah. is a very, very important day. Uh, it's the day I really celebrate to hate the left, hate them more than I usually do, and. Um, <laughs> I thought January 6th we should recognize as the day that murder has gone through the roof thanks to Democrat policies. I really think we ought to turn January 6th into an anniversary. And uh, isn't that sick, the two realities we have, the real one where people live, and then this phony collaboration with the media and the Democrats. It's like two damn different worlds, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, the the media has gone from uh, fake to knowingly uh, knowingly lying and obstructing. Uh, They really are. And I hated this when Donald Trump said it the first time, but they really have become the enemy of the people. I mean, this this January 6th thing is total nonsense, total nonsense. 
Well, they've destroyed the free press. I mean, when you watch this guy, Chuck Todd, with this haircut uh, like uh, Eddie Munster, whatever they do, they put like a spaghetti <laughs> stringer on his head and then they and then they take a razor. I don't know what they do with this guy. But uh, yeah. <laughs> like the dumbest low IQ guy, and there he is all over NBC. And then they have uh, George Stephanopoulos, who is a complete joke. I mean, everybody knows he used to, you know, attack women, and now there he is at ABC. And look what's hang going on just on a second, there. Mark, 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 Mark. Yeah. Hang on just a second, Stu. Yeah. Can you get the producers on the phone and see if we can move uh, uh, Stuart Scheller to next hour? Because I, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to cheat Stuart of time, and I also don't want to cut Mark off because. Uh, Yes, we'll do. You know, Mark is crankier than I am, and that's saying something today. <laughs> no, Stu, I was just calling about his left wrist, and uh, I, no, I don't I, know what's going on now. <laughs> I know, I know. So, did you see Kamala Harris yesterday? As soon as she came on, I shut it off. She is so unlikable. Just absolutely unlikable. You, you know, if somebody has the worst voice in radio, that would be me. Her voice, I listen to her voice, and I can't stand it. You know, and you know she's such a phony. And it's just unbelievable. To compare this to Pearl Harbor and 9-11 and stuff like that is absolutely unbelievable. The it's people outrageous. who died, the families and so forth. And as you know, and I'm sure you've said it, the only person who died that day was in his patriot who was, uh, who was shot dead. But. The same people who uh, celebrated the riots, the same people who celebrate Black Lives Matter and all, we don't need lessons from them. It, this, is, this whole thing is kind of a cover-up for Pelosi, who didn't do what she should have done to protect that Capitol building. And have you ever seen a more repugnant and repulsive person than Liz Cheney? Seriously. <laughs> just, just, just grotesque. The Bushes, the let me, Cheney, uh, I don't let come me, on until let... six, you see. Yeah, <laughs> I know you got a long way to go, brother. Um, let me uh, l- let me play something here for you. This is from Biden's speech yesterday. Uh, oh, can my you? God. Can, yeah, can you play the part where uh, you know just because you lose? The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle because he sees his own interest as more important than his country's interest, than America's interest. And because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our Constitution, he can't accept he lost. Mm, He can't accept that he lost. Please play a cut five for me, please. Here are the Democrats. Yes or no, do you still maintain the 2018 election was stolen? That's your language. My full language was that it was stolen from the voters of Georgia. We do not know what they would have done because not every eligible Georgian was permitted to participate fully in the election. And you know this. If Katherine Harris, Jeb Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the results, Al Gore would be president... George Bush would be back in Austin. Uh, I don't see this president-elect as a legitimate president. You do not consider him a legitimate president. And Al Gore and Joe Lieberman got 547,000 more votes than George Bush did for president of the United States. 
Folks, you know it, I know it, they know it. We won that election. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows, he knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. Let's go back to Florida. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. I think it's also critical to understand that as I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Was President George Bush legitimately elected? Without voter suppression, Stacey Abrams would be the governor of Georgia. Okay, stop. They, they cannot handle losing a single time. A single time. And they're now blaming insurrection on this president questioning the outcome. There's no question about it. And, you know, uh, when their people blew up the Capitol building in 1954, Jimmy Carter ultimately pardoned them. And whether on the ground blew it up in 1971, Clinton ultimately pardoned them. And one of the ringleaders was Obama's buddy, Bel Airs. Mm-hmm. And they attacked the Pentagon and blew that up. Then they blew up the State Department. Then they circled back in 1983 and hit the Capitol building again. Um, really, January 6th is their May 1. It's their May Day. That's what we're dealing with here as far as I'm concerned. Of course, these are liars. These are hypocrites. They do this sort of thing. The biggest problem we have is the greatest enemy we have in this country is the Democrat Party whether it's slavery or segregation or Jim Crow, and now it's quote-unquote democratic socialism, they never embrace Americanism. This party has been a, a poison, a cancer on the, on the groin of, the, of American politics, really. And, uh, and you see the reprobates that, that lead it. Biden. Biden is a nasty man. He, he joined in with the segregationists when he got elected. Then he tried to destroy Clarence Thomas. He tried to destroy Bob Borg. This is a mean, nasty guy. <laughs> Kamala Harris is as stupid as she seems, to be perfectly honest about it. And then you have Nancy Pelosi. I call her Eva Pelosi because she called those brave federal law enforcement men and women who are trying to protect the federal courthouse in Portland stormtroopers. Uh, now, of course, she loves uh, loves only law enforcement that protects her, but. We could go on and on with this. They're so corrupt. The media corrupt. These people are corrupt. Look at Chuck Todd. His wife was a Democrat consultant. He worked for Harkin. George Stephanopoulos with Clinton. You could go right down the line. The, uh, the, the incestuous relationship between the press and the Democrat Party. You can't tell the difference between their propaganda ever. And I'd love to see their texts and emails. They're so worried about Hannity's. Can you imagine, can you imagine the texts and emails between people at CNN oh. and MSNBC? And Democrats oh, yeah. on Capitol Hill. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Let me By ask you way, this. I, I just that, didn't. I love that sweatshirt you're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> you think you can get that uh, at uh, Blaze Merch? I think you can get that. Where, what's the address where you can get this? I don't really know. I get it for free. Sweatshirt. What the hell are Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got mine for free, too. I love yeah. it, uh, Mark. I wear it all the time. Um, let me ask you this. I just did an interview so with... Um, you not on me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just did an interview with Donald Trump. In my mind, there yeah. is absolutely no doubt he is running again. I what are your agree. thoughts on on him running? Is it the same kind of outcome? Who do they have to run against him? Well, uh, 
they're worried about him running again. That's what this is all about. Obviously, exactly right. Yeah, they, they fear him more than anybody else. Uh, the rhinos, the never Trumpers, fear him more than anybody else. We have a very good team. I mean, you got a lot of people. You've got DeSantis and others right behind him. But DeSantis is forty-three years old. Um, you've got others, but uh, you know, when you look at his presidency, it was an enormously effective presidency. You know, you and I backed Ted Cruz early on, and then after the nomination, we supported Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has been a far more conservative president than either of the Bushes. Uh, oh, neither yeah. than the rhinos would ever want him to be. And I've come to really like the man personally. You've met him. He's very charismatic. He's a very nice man. He's a very kind man. They'll never show you that side of him because they attack, attack, attack. And the yeah. thing is, and everybody knows it, look what they did with the FBI, the FISA court, the intelligence agencies, these criminal investigations. We have never seen anything like this before. And now the big lie, January 6th, I can tell you they don't want to talk about what happened in the 2020 election. You're only allowed to talk about what they want you to talk about. We'll talk about whatever the hell we want to. And I can I have tell to you tell that, you, Mark. Yeah. <clears throat> go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm rambling, I know. But even putting aside the ballots and the machines, I can tell you in Pennsylvania they violated the federal constitution. And my wife was involved yeah. in that litigation. They violated the federal constitution. We stood for the constitution of the United States. These Democrats, their lawyers, were all over the country, particularly in these battleground states, changing the rules through their their Democrat-elected judges, through their Democrat governors, overturning what Republican state legislatures were doing, which is a violation of the federal Constitution, in order to set the groundwork for Biden. And we're not even allowed to talk about it. And so when these Republican legislatures, 19 of them so far, have said, we're going to fix this, not to change uh, the outcome of elections, but to get them back where they can actually be monitored. Jim Crow and all the rest. I mean, uh, tens of millions of people, they are sick of this. They are fed up with the, the, the drama that the press creates and the Democrat Party creates. These are the same people who have lied to us over and over again about everything. By the way, I Mark love Levin. uh mark levin thanks for calling in man i really appreciate it uh by the way watch my special i if i think you have a subscription to blaze tv watch the interview i did with uh, donald trump about halfway through i asked him about cleaning out all of the agencies and shutting down the department of ed uh it's really telling you should really listen to that because i think that's what needs to be done all these things just need to be cleaned out or shut down mark Last thing, congratulations yeah. on the number one book of the year. It, it, I don't Thank know you. of a conservative that has ever done that. I couldn't be happier for you. Tremendous book, well, and thank you, thank you. And you were, were a big help, and it is a great honor. And I want to thank you for all you do with this country, too, man. Really, you're just terrific. So you have a good day. Same with Stu. Too. All right. You too. God bless. God God bless you. Thanks. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Mr. Bill O'Reilly is uh, with us now. Hello, Bill. How was your holiday, sir? Oh, you're talking to me? You talking to me, Bill? Well, um, unless I have another <laughs> Bill O'Reilly. I, I mean, I don't know. You got fifty-five thousand people on the show. I got a sweatshirt. 
I got a sweatshirt, okay? Do you? If I send yeah, it, will you wear you? it? Okay, I know Ooh. I'm going to have to send it to extra, extra, extra large, but I'll get it. I'll get Whoa. It. <laughs> it. That's obviously a fat joke. No. Here I am, possibly I on my sharp. deathbed, possibly on my deathbed with a yeah. bout of COVID, and I'm still yeah. in here slugging away for America, and you come with a fat joke. Yeah. Wow, oh, that you know, hurts Beck, deeply. I feel your pain. Even though yeah. I don't have COVID because I don't go out of right. the basement. I live in the basement. <laughs> right, and I'm not going out. I'm not going out for another two years. But I feel <laughs> your pain back. So I hope you get I will tell you this. Let, let, yeah. uh, look, I had COVID before there was a vaccine. So I've been on the natural antibodies. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I just had an antibody test a couple of weeks ago. And I have it now. Uh, again, this is the second time. But... Honestly, it, I, it's really not that big of a deal. It wiped me out the first time for about three weeks. I've had it since Wednesday, and I'm already on the rebound. And yeah. I can't get any, you know, can't get any kind of therapeutics because we either don't have any uh, or they can't come to Texas or my doctors are too afraid because the, the, um, uh, the medical association is, is manhandling all of our doctors. So, mm. But I'm making it, Bill. I'm making it. Well, um, I'm glad to hear that, Beck. Um, but I'm sorry that your antibodies betrayed you. Um, but I only have one question. I think your listeners have this question, too. Do you, like, hang out with COVID-infected people? Do you, do you, like, go to a club and we all have COVID? Is that you know, COVID, twice? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Twice? Mm -hmm. Are you I had it before then? there was a vaccine. It's not I had it before there was a vaccine. And uh, so I got it early. And can then, I make a, can uh, I make a suggestion? Nope. After you're better, which will be soon, I think you should walk around carrying a little bell like they used to do with leprosy. <laughs> just and yeah, wherever you are, just ring the bell right. so people know. Oh, here he comes! Here's Typhoid Beck. Uh, Bill, I just did an interview with uh, with Donald Trump. It aired yesterday. Mm -hmm. He was exceptional. He wasn't wallowing in the past, wasn't really talking about the past. I got in all kinds of heat for it because I didn't ask him a January 6th question. You know, I asked him things that I think the average person care about. Gas prices, inflation, yeah. uh, communists in every department. Uh, anyway, but I, I, uh, I was really impressed, and I was left without a shadow of a doubt that he intends on running. Oh, and now... With the uh, attack yesterday by Biden, it's really personal now. See, um, if you do that to Donald Trump, if you go out of your way to try to humiliate him and marginalize him, which is exactly what Biden did for his whole speech yesterday, and people should really understand what that was about. It wasn't about bringing the nation together and saying, hey, uh, all sane people realize we cannot have this ever again. Everybody should condemn it. No, it was, he did it, look at him, he did it, so what good does that do? We all know that Biden and the Democratic Party believe that Donald Trump instigated and encouraged the riot on January 6th. Everyone knows that. So to do a national worldwide address and just repeat that again with no advancement of, hey, you know, maybe this is a good lesson that we can't be Kazakhstan because that's what they're doing this week um, and that we have to solve our problems in a better way. No, 
None of that. It was take Trump off the board for 2024. That's what it was about. There is also another attack that is mounting now. Uh, Somebody that was Melania's uh, PR person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. Tell me about this. This is this. Uh, This this attack is amazing. Yeah. When this woman was hired, I never met her. I don't know her. But I, I went, woo, you know, why, why are you doing this? Now, Melania, uh, I know this to be true, um, very close friends with this woman, very, very tight. And she wanted this Grisham in the White House to be her spokesperson. And then for a little while at the end, she went over to uh, Trump to be in that communications office. But the, I, I think that whether she, what she says, I don't know. I mean, I'm not reading her book. It's a hatchet book. It's like Mary Trump. They want to make money bashing Trump. Wow. Okay. Um, so I don't really care what she says. But the sense of betrayal here, when you're that tight with somebody, as she was with Melania Trump, when you're invited to work for the White House, which is an honor, no matter who's in there, and then you turn around and you try to destroy them, oh boy, you know, people should really start to walk away from this kind of stuff. You know, and what people don't understand is um, Jonathan Haidt did a great book. Stu, what was the name of this book? Came out about five years ago. The Righteous Mind. Uh, uh... The Righteous Mind. And he laid out the, the things that we have in common um, but are shifted and we all have we all have loyalty in common we appreciate loyalty but it is at the bottom of the list for uh democrats and at the top it's the number one trait uh that people look towards uh who are conservative that you say what you mean and you mean what you say and yeah. you you stand you're not a fair weather friend you have this... a little dignity you know you know back i Correct. gotta make a, i gotta make an observation here <laughs> Your analysis and and bringing that to the uh, attention of your listeners is very important. So maybe you should always have COVID. You see, you're you're more cogent now. <laughs> Shut up. More lucid up. now. So who you... are the <laughs> who are the <laughs> what is the candidate? That could because there's a lot of Republicans that I've talked to that say if he runs. It's going to be the same thing, and they're going to do the same thing, and yeah, everybody's yeah, going to be absolutely right, and everybody's going to be so tired of it. They're going to want another choice, and they just might go with the Democrat. And I cannot come up oh, with a Democrat that could no, beat Donald no way. Trump. They'll stay home. So the people who are fed up with Biden and Trump, and there are millions of them, will just stay home. But independence will, I think, if things continue along this line with the Biden administration failing on every level. And if they aren't failing on every level, please tell me what level they're succeeding on. Correct. I'm open-minded. I'd like to hear where the success is. But if we continue along these lines, it's going to be, okay, who is going to do the least amount of damage? I mean, that's what it's going to be. You're always going to have Donald Trump's flamboyance, to use a kind word. It's never going to go away. So you have, and and that's a decision I made. And and so this is personal for me. So I said to myself, do I want to go out on a history tour with a controversial guy like Donald Trump, 
um, where I know I'm going to get attacked, and I did. I mean, you know, but I can handle it. Um, or do I just want to pass and, and just continue to do? I didn't need to do that tour. Um, but I decided to do it because I think, based upon the facts, that Trump did a good job in the four years representing the he United did. States. He did. That's what my belief. Now, do I like the way he handled himself sometimes? No. And I've told him that. And I told All him right, that so before. The independent, the new poll shows independence. Biden has hit an all-time low they of twenty-four, twenty-four percent approval yeah, rating. Wow. That's Whatever. unheard of. So, who is going to run against Donald Trump? Well, everyone looks like Maryam, You know, maybe Liz Cheney will run. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, on the Democratic side, far out. That's not that. Look, she's not going to win in Wyoming. She's not going to be a congressperson anymore. So she could absolutely primary Trump. Um, Big name. She can raise money. So that's not that crazy out. But if the Republicans believe that Trump is not going to win, primary him. So my question is, because I think he gets the the nomination. uh, My question is, who do the Democrats run against him? Because they're not going to run Biden. I don't think so either, but they don't have anybody to run. So then you're going to fall back on Hillary Clinton, who's already raising money. Amen. I I just said this last week. Hillary Clinton is going to run again. That's who he'll run against. And she's already setting it up because she knows what a fiasco the Biden administration is. Look, even if you loathe Hillary Clinton and Bill... They have a machine, okay? They know how to govern in a sense that it's not a disorganized mess. It's not a Kamala Harris coming out and excoriating the Capitol protesters while she wanted to raise bail money for the people who were burning down cities. I mean, that's just insane. If you were writing her speech, would you really want to do that? Would you really want to bring attention to that? No, you could have avoided that and said, this is a bad thing. Let's get the problem solved so we don't have to do this again. That was a speech you should have gave. But they have no awareness at all. But the Clintons do. And so it could be a setup between Trump and Hillary again. Oh, that would be amazing. Bill O'Reilly, what uh, what do you think the big story of the week is? Was it January 6th? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the big story of the week, but it's going to die. And, you know, they'll do all the Sunday shows. You know what they'll do. Uh, reprise it and how terrible Trump is. Um, but if you really want to step back, the biggest story of the week was one million Americans uh, contracting COVID or reporting it on Monday. I mean, that is just an amazing number. Uh, See, I think this and, is, I, I think this is actually really good, Bill, because yeah, um, I understand. Uh, I mean, if it's, South I mean, I, I think model, if the South African model holds that you'll have yeah. another few weeks of this and then it'll fall off the cliff. And then mm-hmm. so many people will have the antibodies, which of course turned on you. Um, that'll, <laughs> will, will die out. And maybe some planes will like get back in the air. Um, yeah, because there's COVID I, I unintended think this is, consequences is amazing. Go ahead. 
<coughs> yeah, uh, but it's not really COVID consequences. I, I think it is uh, more of the government consequences. We could get back to America uh, in probably a, a few weeks here if they would stop uh, uh, helping people stay home by giving them more money than they can make out in the, I, in the private sector. I think the, um, the, I, I agree 100% on that, and I know you and I have disagreed in the past. But um, if you step back on this, the best thing for the government to do now, because they can't answer any questions, I mean, they can't even answer a question like, how long does a vaccine last? They can't even mm-hmm. answer it. So they don't have any information for us. So just shut up. You know, I told Stu a few uh, weeks ago to do that, but now I'm going to take that back. Stu can talk, but the federal <laughs> government can't because they don't know anything about COVID. You know, Anthony right. Fauci, we, we should do the pinata thing with him. He has to run through a long line and we just whack him with, you know, I don't want him hurt, but with paper or something, because this yeah. is just a farce now. It's crazy now. <laughs> Uh, and the fact that, you know, I, I have, I, you know, there's really uh, no treatments that the government is recommending or pushing or not tearing down. That's the key. They're tearing down everything that is a treatment. Well, millions of Americans are getting it. So what do we do besides isolate at home? Everything that is a possible treatment that I personally know people who have done other treatments once they've gotten it and it's helped them the government is standing in the way of i mean it is it's so clear what this government is doing but yeah, it's almost I over know. i, I think it's almost over out. i have to sit one out because i don't know i'm not a medical person the fda is supposed to um you know say this stuff is safe i don't know what i do yeah. my advice to everybody is get a doctor you trust Follow the doctor's advice. Don't listen to the government. I mean, you know, I'd have to give that advice to to doctors now. I'd have to give that advice to doctors now because doctors, uh, a lot of doctors are not able to do the things that they truly believe in and have seen work. Um, But what does your doctor doctor have a solution to you? I mean, do they, they recommend therapeutics for you? My doc- yeah, absolutely. My doctor got me through the first case. Uh, I-, I think it would have been even worse than it was. He got me through the first case. Um, but now any of the, the other therapeutics, he is, he's like, I- I, Glenn, if I write it, he said, I've already been threatened. I think it's because he's my doctor. Um, he said, I've already been threatened that, you know, That's don't terrible. go off the beaten path. It's awful. It is That's awful, terrible. and there are a yeah. lot of doctors that feel that way. All right, well, Bill I think O'Reilly. It's coming to an end. Thank you so much uh, for being on. I'm sorry to cut you uh, loose early this week, uh, but we had a shift in the schedule because of a call with Mark Levin. Uh, but thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week. Bill O'Reilly, make sure you follow him on BillOReilly.com. Is no spin zone on every day. BillOReilly.com. <laughs> This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Michael Malice joining us. Before I get there, I just want to say, um, because last night, the painting that I did of Joe Lewis um, being knocked out by Max uh, Schnelling, uh, Schmeling called, uh, that I call it, the birth of a champion, uh, was trending 
last night because it was it was on during an interview with uh, with Donald Trump, and uh, they're calling it Nazi propaganda. Could f- couldn't be further from the truth. I've said that I'm not going to sell this. There's one person I would sell this to. I would sell it to Joe Rogan because he would appreciate the uh, uh, the message in this. If Joe wants to buy it, great. Otherwise, I'm keeping the original. <laughs> but I am going to today. I'm asking somebody to come over, uh, you know, with a mask and gloves and get it and copy it because I am going to sell prints of this um, because... It's, you know, that controversial Nazi painting by Glenn Beck, which has nothing to do with that, has everything to do with learn your lesson, stand back up and knock that guy out. Uh, all right. Michael Malice is with us. Hi, Michael. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm much better than you. My condolences on your uh, illness uh, and, and whatever you think, ah. I promise you it's not karma. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might be. <laughs> But you know, I had it before there was a vaccine, so I've been riding on the antibodies, um, wow. and uh, I just got it. What Wednesday? I just it hit me like a bag of bricks. But now, with an exception of just some lingering now problems with my voice, uh, I'm pretty much past it. I mean, it, it the first time I had it, it knocked me out for about three weeks. Uh, this is just like a really, really bad cold this time. Yeah, two of so my I guess friends good got it over the weekend, and and uh, it, it, it's 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 a scary word, you know. Like I was feeling a little bit under weather last week, and I'm like, is this it? Is this you know, is this showtime? Uh, and, and it was just kind of allergies, whatever. But it, it's scary, and I hope everyone listening, you know, stays healthy and, and happy, of course. Uh, yeah. Michael, uh, I don't know if you heard this, uh, Glenn talking about the uh, backstory of this uh, painting that he did uh, of Joe Lewis and Max Schmeling. And this reaction from Chris Hayes of MSNBC and, uh, you know, to be fair, tons of other people on the left, uh, he they, they see this painting in the background of one of his interviews. They say, oh, my gosh, he's got Nazi propaganda up there because this is when Max Schmeling had beaten Joe Lewis. And, you know, any simple Googling gets you to the explanation as to what this painting is that Glenn's praising you know, like you have a failure and that turns your life around. And that's the important moment when you when you fail that that leads to success in the future. And, you know, you've talked about the media really well over over the years. And you, I think, understand this better than so many others. What is the motivation here? Like, why would you embarrass yourself and not even look for the facts here? Why just attack your opponents with with without any knowledge, whether you're right Literally or wrong? Literally with a Google, a Google search. Well, I, I, I'm going to give you two answers. First, I'm going to play devil's advocate because I, I think you guys remember it was like a year ago when former Senate candidate Harold Ford was staying at an Airbnb and behind him on the wall was Andy Warhol's painting of Chairman Mao. And Warhol meant it as a finger to Mao as an example of how Mao had become a quote-unquote celebrity in the same way that Warhol painted Elizabeth Taylor and Marilyn Monroe. And all the conservatives were freaking out that this was communist propaganda, even though it wasn't his house, mm. and even though it would have been a simple Googling. So that's number one. So this goes, mm-hmm. people misunderstand art very easily. The whole point of art is that it's open to interpretation. And the other problem is people who are corporate journalists are often not very bright. <laughs> so they are going to have that knee-jerk reaction. But as you guys have seen, as everyone listening to this knows, the, the demand for Nazis outweighs the supply. There is such desperation <laughs> uh, on the part of you know, corporate media outlets to find Nazis that they're looking for them everywhere uh, to the point where people are often painting you know, uh, fascist slogans 
to demonstrate that there's fascism and they're later caught and they're often, you know, so you're, minority, people are minorities. You're, it, you're saying this right. is Nazi inflation. Too many Nazi hunters <laughs> chasing too few Nazis. I mean, we, we laugh, but I mean, it, it, it would be a very serious problem. And there, it's not to pretend that there are no, you know, quasi-fascists in American Correct. culture, and certainly in Europe nowadays. But the, yes. the premise that Glenn Beck would be dumb enough to sit in front of a Nazi painting while he's interviewing a president and have that be some kind of subtle dog whistle that no one's going to pick up. That is what's amazing. They have a complete lack of ability to empathize with other perspectives, and they're just waiting in every moment for the mask to drop, so to speak, which is kind of a bit of projection. Uh, and you saw this also with, uh, you know, the Trump's Charlotte, Charlottesville speech, where when he oh, condemned... Yeah white nationalist in the same breath when he said both sides the clip is there it's in, in indisputable but you know president biden brings it up to this day so what is your take on Daniel i think that's the biggest story of the week he's and, kind of, you're cutting uh, out a little bit there um michael but he said uh what's your take on january 6th if that didn't come through oh yeah so i mean i mean it's very tragic uh aoc had to talk to a cop for five minutes and she was traumatized for months. <laughs> Rashida Tlaib, remember, was crying on the floor of the house. AOC had to comfort her. Uh, there were some bottles of water knocked over. Someone had his feet up on Pelosi's desk. Here's my takeaway, and, and I'm going to get a little bit serious for a minute. Where has tre- President Trump been? He defended the people. When he was giving that Charlottesville speech, the people, when he said there's good people on both sides, he was referring to the controversy about removing statues. Right. That's what he was defending. Right. The people were saying Correct. we shouldn't remove statues. The people on January 6th were his people. They were all his people. These were his hardcore supporters. Now they're being held in detention in horrible conditions for who knows how long. They are his hardcore supporters, and he shrugs his shoulders. And I think this is the big problem that conservatives have to appreciate when it comes to Donald Trump. We had four years of President Trump being attacked for the most demented things imaginable, including how many scoops of ice cream he had, that he fed the fish wrong when he was in Japan, even though he's following the prime minister's lead. Queen Elizabeth gestured for him to walk in front of her, which he did. Then she couldn't get around him because he's a lot bigger. They cropped the first part where she gestured, so it looks like he just stood in front of her like a buffoon. So we had four years of that. So understandably, conservatives got protective and defensive of President Trump. He's not in office now. It's been a year. And I would encourage conservatives to take a step back and realize not every criticism of President Trump has been inaccurate because the man has shown a severe lack of loyalty towards people who have been loyal to him. And I'm thinking specifically of Michael Flynn, and I'm thinking of especially of Jeff Sessions, who was probably the strongest anti-illegal immigrant person in the Senate, became attorney general. Because of him, Trump got him primaried, and he blew a Senate seat in Alabama. How does that happen? So if people are looking forward to 2024, keep in mind this guy's loyalty is a one-way street, and that's a big problem because conservatives tend to be very, very loyal people. Hmm. I, I agree with that. We were just talking about how loyalty is number one. You, I know you know the Jonathan uh, Haidt book, um, but course. loyalty is number one on the scale. And it's it's interesting because... I do think that it that is 
the number one thing with Donald Trump is loyalty. Um, and in talking to him, you know, I just sat down with him uh, uh, about a month ago, right. and then I had dinner with him and his wife. And I, I came away with the impression, and this is just from, you know, the off the record, just dinner conversation. I came away from that meeting feeling as though the truly the main reason he would run again is because he doesn't want to let the people down that he trusted and said, I will do this and then was doing it and then and then lost. And he knows he can fix it. And he is expressed it in several different ways. But it was the same thing. I'm not going to leave those people without anyone who will fight for them. Uh, here, let's bring some receipts. When President Trump got into office, the federal, the, the federal budget was $4 trillion under Obama. Two years later, mm -hmm. before COVID, it was $4.4 an increase of 10% under his watch. He, was, he promised as a, when he campaigned, and this was a very legitimate promise from given his background, that he knew the best people and he was going to staff his cabinet with the best people. And we thought he was going to bring in all these outsiders, people you'd never expect to see in, in politics. And the next thing you know, it's Rens Priebus, and the chairman of Exxon is the secretary of state. His staffing decisions, I think everyone has to acknowledge, were horrible. He's driving out people who have so, a mind, like Steve Bannon, <laughs> and he's bringing in the swamp creatures. All right, so let me let me just push back on that, because I'd like to hear your opinion on it. Um, I, in the interview I did... I said, you got a clean house. Um, yeah. And he talked about he talked about the, you know, he had two jobs to fix the country and to survive. And he said, uh, I can't go in there with the same GOP. I can't go in there with the same group of people. I have to have people around me that are on the same page because pretty much I got to fire everybody in every department. And I think he gets that. I've talked to people who are inside the administration before, and they said the one mistake that they made was they underestimated the power of all of these long-term bureaucrats and the D Republican Party, uh, that they would be so against him. Um, and he's not going to repeat that. Now, I don't know who he staffs it with and who he gets to have the balls to run some of these things to fire or shut down these departments. Um, but that's what it's going to take one way or another. Love to hear your response. So if you don't know who Michael Malice is, um, he is the guy who's written the anarchist handbook. He is an anarchist, but not the Antifa throw bombs through windows kind of uh, anarchist. <laughs> Am I right on that, Michael? Please verify that. I... Not through windows, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, does, he believes that if there were no government, um, we would be, we'd all be better off. I, I disagree with that, but I, I lean towards, uh, in fact, I don't lean towards, I'd like to shut down all of the department of fill in the blank. I'd like them all to be gone. Um, they have no, they have no place in our, in our, um, in our government, in my opinion. So uh, Michael is coming from a different place, but I like that because he makes me think things through and pushes me up against the wall. So I, 
I question the things that I think I believe. I think that's really important. So, Michael, your response on what I just said here about a minute ago. Right. So you were talking about how President Trump said to you uh, that he understands he has to you know, fire a lot of these staffers and bring in good people. My, my pushback would be like, does he understand this? Or does he understand what he needs to say to you in order to maintain uh, your support in the next cycle? And here's the evidence to the contrary. There's something called revealed preferences, right? If you tell your spouse, I love you, I love you, I love you, but you're never home and you're cheating on them, talk is cheap, your actions are telling. Trump is launching a social media company. Who did he hire to run this social media company? Devin Nunes. Devin Noonan's entire background is being one, a dairy farmer, and then a congressman. What does he know about running a social media company? All he knows is he has a Rolodex in Washington. He's a creature of the swamp. Now, he might be a great conservative. He might, I'm sure he's a very ethical, great person, so on and so forth. But to say that he's some kind of outsider is nonsensical. So Trump had the opportunity. to. And the other thing is, and this is not his fault, he's been rendered so radioactive why would I, if I was working in Wall Street, San Francisco, L.A., New York, why would I want working on the Trump administration on my resume? It would ruin my career. And again, this is not Trump's fault at all. But that has been an issue for him in the past. And going forward, it's going to be even more of an issue. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. It is going to be hard to get people. And then that is, you know, we have to have people who understand where we are in our society it, it is it, it, look it's almost lights out time uh and um you know maybe we deserve it um because we have taken this for granted for so long uh and we've been running on other generations vapors for so long and we've become this monstrosity uh that is all run in washington so uh, maybe we deserve it but i think the original premise is worth uh, uh saving I don't know where he gets those people. I mean, you know, you look at Devin Nunes, you see him as an insider. I see him as an insider outsider. You know what I mean? He's a guy who's been there who doesn't like the way it's running and has been standing up for it. It's a little like Rand Paul. Yes, sure. he's in, um, but he's he's working hard from within to try to uh, to shut it down. Are those people are important or are they the same? They're, they're very important. I'm not questioning that at all. But my point to you is, what evidence do you have that Devin Nunes knows anything about social media? Now, it's, yeah, it's, so the, it, it runs. So it's clear that Trump got him as he hires most of his people because of a sense of loyalty to him. Now, that's very important because he's been betrayed left and right. But my yes. point is, he's because of all the forces against him, conservatives have to appreciate he got beaten by a corpse in the 2020 election. And these same forces are now even more powerful because they have the White House. And you can't tell me that he shouldn't have seen it coming, all the machinations that the Democrats did in various states to finagle the vote to make sure they got the result they wanted. There was that Time Magazine article bragging about these coalitions that yeah. were behind the scenes. Molly Hemingway uh, did a great book called Rig, discussing it. It's nothing to do with the voting machines. It had to do with a year-long a uh, series yep. of attempts, including things by Mark Zuckerberg, I, to get the results. I agree with you. Michael Malice, thanks for stopping in. Michael Malice, you can follow him at Michael Malice. Na, 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 na.